don't get too caught up with what's here because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Let's talk about that a little bit tonight. Take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 4, if you will. Revelation chapter number 4. Man, I wondered why I put this statement in my outline, and it, it, it really didn't fit before the service tonight, but now it fits perfectly. And I had it right here at the, the top of my outline, and I thought, Lord, this statement really doesn't fit anything that I'm going to talk about tonight, but now it fits great. Warren Wiersbe said this, for the Christian, heaven isn't simply a destination. It is a motivation. And that's so true, isn't it? And when you have a service like tonight, boy, it motivates. I'm telling you what, it motivates to live the Christian life. You know what, Calvary, it's worth it all, isn't it? It's worth it all. And I'm so glad we get to come to a service like this and be reminded of the goodness of the Lord. Uh, young people, it's real. It's real. I'm going to have to have Brother Mike heal. Brother Mike, he'll sing that for long. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. And uh, you know it's going to come to pass. These things we're going to talk about tonight, just as sure as we're here tonight, it's going to come to pass. And so Revelation chapter 4 in your Bibles tonight, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if you're able. Revelation chapter 4, we're just going to read the first few verses here. And, uh, and then I'm going to teach. And uh, listen, a lot of content tonight. And there's not any way that you can turn to all of these verses that I'm going to give you tonight. And so just we're going to stay camped out in Revelation chapter 4, and I'm going to go all over the place. And if you want to try to rush and find some of these uh, scripture references, you're welcome to do that. If not, you can just jot them down in the margin of your Bible because I'm going to give you a lot, and uh, it'll be hard to keep up with all of it tonight. But Revelation chapter 4, and look at verse number 1. John says this, After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately, John said, I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had uh, on their heads crowns of gold. And we're going to stop there tonight. And you may be seated. And I want to talk to you about the preview. Um, we have uh, talked about several things. We talked about the place. Where is heaven? We talked about the population. Uh, who is heaven for? We talked about the paradise. What will heaven be like? And then tonight, I want to talk to you about the preview. Uh, this is John's first experience in heaven, his first day, if you will, <clears throat> in heaven. I'm going to tell you what I think our first day in heaven is going to be like. Um, what, you know, that's, that's the question. What's it going to be like, preacher, you know, when we, <clears throat> we first get there? And so I'm going to do my best with the help of God's word to show you what it's going to be like when uh, we get in heaven. So let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and we'll ask God to help us tonight. Father, thank you for wonderful, wonderful spirit of worship in this place tonight. Oh, Father, help us. Help me 
not to ever take it for granted. And God, help us as a church never to take it for granted. Lord, you don't, <clears throat> you don't have to bless us like you do. Lord, you could take it just as sure as you've sent it. And I pray that you never will. Father, I pray that until we hear the trumpet sound, I pray that there will always be a spirit of worship and, and adoration for the Savior in this place. Heavenly Father, may Calvary Baptist Church <clears throat> always be a Christ-honoring place where Jesus is lifted up and where his, his message is heralded. Father, we thank you for the great music service tonight and singing. And now, Lord, as we take just a few moments as we close this service with a few moments of teaching, and we're going to give a lot of content tonight. <clears throat> and so, Lord, I pray that you give us understanding hearts and minds that are ready to receive. Sometimes I know it can be a little bit like an overload, <clears throat> but I pray tonight that you'll give us a, a good, clear mind that can receive all these things that we're going to give. And I pray that it'll be a blessing, and I pray that it'll be a help tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Fill us with your spirit now. And Lord, I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ will be high and lifted up. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all the Lord's people said, amen. I'm going to give you a real, real short introduction tonight and we're going to just jump right into the message. And so we're talking about the preview, our first day in heaven. I looked up the word preview and it means this. It means an advanced showing or performance. It means to view or show in advance of public presentation. And so in other words, uh, the idea of a preview is you get to see it before anybody else really gets to see it. In a very real way, the apostle John received a preview before any other believers. There were a few more. We'll make reference to those tonight. But John was one of the first that was given the opportunity to to peer into heaven, and God gave him a preview, and not only gave him a preview, but what's so wonderful and what benefits us so much is that God inspired John to write about what he saw. And so what, what was John's first day like in heaven? This really was John's first experience in heaven. And as I began to study this out, God began to give me some thoughts, and I want to see if I can share some of those thoughts with you today. Number one, how about this? John's preview of heaven, first of all, involved sound. <clears throat> Think with me tonight. John heard heaven before he ever saw heaven. Now look at it in your Bibles tonight. If you go to Revelation chapter four <clears throat> and verse number one, and John says, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. So the door was opened. Now we believe this is probably a reference to the rapture of the church. Uh, but John says that there was a door open in heaven. But if I'm reading this correctly, John's not actually went through that door yet. And so he sees the door open. This door is open to heaven. But look what he says. After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. <clears throat> and he says, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So it at least appears that John heard heaven before he ever saw heaven. Now you say, preacher, you got anything to, you got anything to maybe correlate that or anything to back that up? And I really believe I do. It's interesting that if you go read the apostle Paul's, uh, read his 
uh, recording of when God gave him the heavenly revelation, it's amazing that Paul's story and John's story go together. Now, you don't have to go there. I'll just give you the reference. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number three. Remember when Paul said, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but he said this, third, this man was called up the third heaven. And Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number three. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. Listen to this, verse four, how that he was called up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for man to utter. And what I believe, I believe that Paul heard heaven before he ever saw heaven. And it looks like the apostle John, when God gave John his revelation, it at least looks like that the apostle John heard heaven before he ever saw heaven. Hey, you know what, Calvary, you know what I believe tonight? I believe there is a very real possibility that one of these days when the Lord calls you home, or the rapture of the church takes place, I believe there is a very good possibility that we will hear heaven before we ever see heaven. Have you ever done this? Have you ever went somewhere to visit some, someone or something and it was a little bit unfamiliar to you? Maybe you went to a place and you had not been to that place before or maybe you went to a church and you'd never been to that, that place and the service had already started and so you went up to the door and you listened to see what was going on on the inside or maybe it was some kind of a meeting or something and maybe you got there a couple minutes late or something and you went up to the door and you put your ear to the door because you wanted to hear what was going on inside. You wanted to see if this is going to be a good time for you to come in. What you heard either gave you great comfort or it made you feel very uneasy. Or maybe you heard familiar voices. When you put your ear up to the door, you thought, oh yeah, I hear brother so-and-so. Or I hear uh, one of my children. Or I hear, you know, grandpa. I, I hear them in there. And it made you have liberty to go in. Now, someone says, preacher, what will we hear? If we're going to hear heaven on the first day that we get there, if we're gonna hear, maybe even before we see, what are we going to hear? Well, look what John heard. Number one, we noticed that John heard the voice of the Messiah. He heard the voice of the Messiah. And notice this, Calvary, the voice of God was likened to a trumpet. Revelation chapter four, verse number one, John said, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And I'm not gonna tell you tonight that I understand all this, but I'm just gonna give you what the word of God says. And I don't have to understand it all to give it to you from the word of God. But evidently, the, the, the voice of God is so powerful and so supernatural that it sounds like, in some fashion or another, it sounds like a trumpet. Now, let me give you some more scriptures to go along with that. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 18, the writer of Hebrews describes the voice of God on Mount Sinai. And he describes God's voice in very similar terms. I'm gonna read it for you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 18. For ye are not coming to the mountain that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest. Verse 19, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. In other words, when God sounded uh, and spoke to Moses on the mount, the children of Israel heard it. They heard it and it sounded like a trumpet. 
And I don't understand, uh, don't understand it all, but evidently it was so amazing and so supernatural and so powerful that the, and you can read this in the Old Testament, that the children of Israel said to Moses, Moses, don't let the Lord talk to us. Let the Lord talk to you and you can talk to us. Now that's in the word of God. You'll have to study that out. Verse number 20 says, for they could not endure that which was commanded and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Same chapter, verse number 26. The Bible says this, whose voice then shook the earth. Whose voice then shook the earth. Man, I began to study that out. And I found out that Job described the voice of God. In Job chapter 37, verse number five, Job said it like this, God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. And how true that, how true that is. I noticed that the psalmist described the voice of God. In Psalm 29, verses three through five, the psalmist said, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. And then if we make full circle and go all the way back to Revelation chapter Chapter one, we find that the apostle John again describes the voice of the Lord in Revelation chapter one and verse number 15. John says it like this, and his feet likened to fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. John said, when I saw the son of man, he said, one of the things that, one of the things that stood out to me was his voice was powerful. His voice was like the sound of many waters. Now you say, pastor, did John know? Uh, did, did John know what the sound of many waters sounded? You better know he did. John was exiled on a little strip of land called the island, the island of Patmos, and it was about five miles wide and ten miles long. Just a little rocky, uh, a little rocky outcropping in the in the middle of the Aegean Sea there, and uh, a lot of cliffs, a lot of rocks. And John knew what it meant to constantly hear those waves crashing up on those rocks. And and so John, when John hears the voice of God, John says, let me tell you what it was like. He said it was like the, the, the sound of many waters. Now, I believe there's a practical application here, and the practical application is this. It is, I believe, impossible for man not to hear the voice of God. I believe it's impossible for man not to hear the voice of God. Now, I, and we did this last minute. I asked Brother Evan, I said, Brother Evan, I said, can you do this? Sit this thing for me, and and he said, "Preach, I think I can do it." And so, fellas, whenever y'all ready, let it rip. Turn it way up there, brother Allen. Thank you, fellas. You know what that is? When John said trumpet, that's what he would have been thought, thinking of. That trumpet was a shofar. And, uh, and John said, when I heard the voice of God, when I heard the voice of the Messiah, it was like a trumpet. 
He said it was like the sound of, of many waters. I'm going to be honest with you. You'd have a hard time. You'd have to be really, really hard hearing not to hear what we just played over the sound system. And, and listen, we could have turned it way, way up. I'm just saying this, that men who say they don't hear the voice of God, I don't think it's that they don't hear the voice of God. I think that men are ignoring the voice of God. And so may I say tonight, Calvary Baptist Church, when God speaks to you uh, in that thunderous, glorious, majestic voice, make sure that you hear what he says and make sure that you are yielded to the Spirit and make sure that you are obedient. And I, I do believe this. I believe there are times when the Lord speaks in a still small voice. I believe he uses his Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you, one of these days when we get to heaven, I don't believe it's gonna be that still small voice. I believe it's gonna be the sound of a trumpet. I believe it's gonna be a victorious voice. I believe it's gonna be as the sound of many waters. And so John, we, hear, we see here that, that John's experience, first of all, starting with sound. He heard the, the voice of the Messiah, but something else, we notice here that he heard the praise and adoration of the Savior. Now, I want you to, well, you don't have to turn now. You can just jot it down. Isaiah chapter six. As I was studying this out, and I, I, I remember that, that, that our Bible says that Isaiah was likewise given a revelation into heaven. And listen to Isaiah's recording in Isaiah chapter six and verse number one. The prophet Isaiah said it like this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That's his robe. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. Listen to verse three. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Listen to this. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, again, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make a point here tonight. And the point is this, that there is a very good possibility one of these days when we are called away, when the rapture of the church takes place, or when you close your eyes uh, here and you open your eyes over there before you ever see heaven, there is a very good possibility that you'll hear heaven. And so we notice here that John's preview, first of all, involved sound, sound. But there's something else. Number two, we notice here, I'm sorry, I've got a little ahead of myself. Number two, we notice that John's preview of heaven involved sight. Now this is so important. The first thing John saw when he entered heaven was the throne. Look at it with me, if you will. Revelation chapter four and verse number two. And John said, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, he said, a throne. Notice that, and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight, like unto an emerald. And so, notice that again. And behold, John says, and behold, a throne. Immediately, I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne. You know what John is saying? Instantaneously. First thing I saw was a throne. 
I heard heaven, but when I made my way through that door, John said, the very first thing that I saw was a throne. Hey, church, did you know it's 17 chapters later before John ever mentions the city of gold? Did you know that 17 chapters later before he talks about gates of pearl and the enormity of the city, did you know it's not until chapter number 22 that John mentions the crystal river and he talks about the tree of life and he talks about the perfection of heaven? Hey, man, it's many, many chapters later. You know why? I'll tell you exactly what I believe. I believe that when John saw the throne of God, it had an impact on his life. Long before he got to the blessings, long before he got to the glories, long before he got to the splendor, John saw the throne. In fact, we notice here, church, that he mentions it over and over again. Look at it in your Bibles. Revelation chapter four, verse number two. John says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Look at the very next verse, verse number three. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Look at the very, very next verse, verse four. And round about the throne were four and 20 seats. Look at the very next verse, Revelation chapter four and verse five. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Uh, look at the very next verse, verse number six. He says, and before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Look at verse number nine. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. Revelation chapter four, verse number 10. The four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Saying, I believe we, we, we stumbled upon something here uh, in fact, if you read the book of Revelation, you'll find out that John mentions it 31 times in the book. He talks about the throne, the throne, the throne, the throne of God. Uh, and, and, and listen to me now. There's a lot of people who say, boy, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait, wait to walk on the street of gold. I can't wait to see those pearly gates. I can't wait to, to get to that land where there's no more cancer and there's no more sickness and there's no more Alzheimer's. And I can't wait to get to that land where there's no more rest homes and there's no more no more." hospitals and there's no more death and there's no more funeral homes and I can't wait to get there and by the way neither can I and it's going to be wonderful but I believe the Lord's teaching us something here that when John saw heaven before he got to any of those things before he wrote about any of the splendor before he wrote about that cloudless day John said the very first thing that I saw was the throne of God the throne God's throne, I believe, will remind us of several things. Number one, his throne will remind us of his majesty. Look at Revelation 4, verse number two. And immediately, John says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne. Was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Verse three says, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper. Like a jasper. That jasper, they tell us, is predominantly purple. Purple. Some of you like the color purple. You'd like jasper. By the way, you're going to see a lot of it in heaven one day. It's predominantly purple. Sometimes it also has blue and green and an aqua quality. But it's the picture of royalty. It's a type of royalty. Revelation chapter 7, 17, verse number 14 says it like this. 
These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. Revelation chapter 19, verse number 16 says it like this. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm telling you, friend, there's coming a day when there'll be no more Republicans and no more Democrats and no more independents and no more moderates. And we won't need a Senate and we won't need a Congress because I'm telling you, he will be prophet, priest, and king and he will be King of kings and Lord of lords. And thank God we will rule and reign with him forever more that throne is going to be a type of his majesty how about this number two i believe we're going to be reminded and when we see that throne we'll be reminded of his mastery again look at verse number three he that sat was to look upon like a jasper that's royalty look what it says and a sardine stone man that's interesting that sardine stone how many know that back in the old testament days the the high priest wore a He wore a breastplate. And in that breastplate were a number of stones. And they tell us that the sardine stone was the first stone. Oh, yes, good neighbor. That sardine stone was the first stone in the breastplate of the high priest. It represented the tribe of Reuben and Reuben being the firstborn. Oh, yes, we're going somewhere. The firstborn of Jacob. Christ likewise is the Son of God, the firstborn from the dead. I believe that's also a type that my dear friend in heaven, he will have preeminence. He will have first place. He will have to compete with anything else up there. He will have first place. There's something else about that sardine stone that I noticed. That sardine stone is red in color. In fact, they said it's fiery red, a bright red. And I believe that forever and ever and ever, that that sardine stone, that that throne, uh, that sardine stone will remind us of the blood of Jesus Christ. And did you know that you and I will never make it to heaven outside the blood of Christ? The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so don't depend on your good works to make it. Don't depend on your baptism. Don't depend on your church membership. Don't depend on all the things that you've done. I'm telling you, Isaiah said our righteousness is as filthy rags, but thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that throne will remind us of his majesty. That throne will remind us of his mastery. Oh, church, man, that throne will remind us of his mercy. Would you look back at verse number three again? He that sat was to look upon like a jasper, John says. Royalty, majesty, and a sardine stone, mastery. And then John says something very interesting. John said, and there was a rainbow. Boy, we've let some people ruin that symbol, haven't we? You know what I think? It's time to take the rainbow back. It was God's rainbow before anybody else. And the Bible says, and there was a rainbow, notice this, round about the throne, in sight likened to an emerald. This rainbow is unlike ours. Normally what you see when you see a rainbow is you see a partial rainbow, and even if it's a good clear time, you see a half a rainbow. That's not what John saw. John saw a full rainbow. He saw the whole rainbow in a full circle. And that rainbow is a constant reminder of the mercy of the Lord. 
Remember when the flood came? And God dried the waters up and the ark came upon dry ground and God allowed Noah and his family to come out of the ark. And the Bible says that God put the bow in the sky and that bow was a promise of the mercy of God. And I believe that forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, man, we're gonna be reminded of the mercy of the Lord. There'll never be a day when you'll forget about it. You know why? Because you'll see that rainbow forevermore. And so it reminds us of his mercy, but I'll tell you something else. Number four, it reminds us of his morality. Look at verse number two again. The Bible says, John says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. That throne and someone sitting upon it speaks of morals and it speaks of judgment. It's the idea of a judge that sits on his bench. Now, again, I'm trying to Again, make a practical application here. And the practical application is this. Before we ever begin enjoying the pleasures of heaven, there will be judgment. There's gonna be judgment. In fact, our Bible reminds us in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Again, I'm so thankful that I'm preaching to some wonderful, wonderful people here tonight. But I just want to remind all of us, including myself, that long before we get to uh, those wonderful things that heaven's going to have to offer, uh, we're going to see just like John. Our first day, I believe, we may hear heaven before we see heaven, but when we finally see heaven, the first thing we're going to see is the throne of God. And we're going to be judged. The Bible talks about that judgment seat of Christ. Man, are you living for Jesus? Hey, young people, are you living for Jesus? You say, it don't matter to me, it will. Somebody says, well, I just, you know, I'm just looking forward to my reward. One of these days when I die, I'm gonna go to my reward. That's true, if you're saved, that's true. But don't ever forget that John, before John ever went to his reward, John saw a throne. And so John's preview Involved sounds, John's preview. Involved sights, we're done tonight. John's preview of heaven involved saints. Man, this is a blessing. Look at Revelation chapter number four and verse number four, this is wonderful. This is what they just sang about a while ago. Revelation chapter four, verse number four, this is John's first day in heaven. And he says this, and round about the throne, he said, I, I, I went by the throne first. And then he says, and round about the throne were four and 20 seats. And upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, some believe this, some believe those 24 elders, and I'm, I'm, I'm with this group, some believe those 24 elders represent the 12 tribes of Israel, Old Testament saints, and the 12 apostles of the Lamb, the New Testament saints. There are others believe that the 12 elders represent those saved from Pentecost to the rapture of the church. And we can agree to disagree on some of that. But what I want you to see tonight is this, regardless of the specificity there, it's pointing to saints. 
You say, Pastor, what's your point? My point is this. Once I get past the throne, heaven's going to be a glad reunion day. So John says, I saw the door open, but he wasn't quite there yet. And he said, I heard. Before I ever got in, I heard. I heard the voice of the Messiah. It sounded like a trumpet and like the sound of many waters. And then John said, I heard. I heard the adoration of the Savior. But then John said, I made it in. And he said, the first thing I saw was a throne. And that throne speaks of God's majesty and God's judgment. But as soon as John gets past the throne, we see here that John sees the saints. Some of you older folks, you're giving yourself away over there, brother. Remember the name J. Harold Smith. Radio Bible Hour, I think, uh, Brother Smith. For years and years, man, we used to listen to Dr. J. Harold Smith, Radio Bible Hour. And he came on the radio. It was all over the, the, the nation. And he was a well-known evangelist. And Dr. Smith lived to be up in age, and, and he told this story. He and his wife had been married for many, many, many years. And he said that when they were uh, younger, much, much younger, he said they became school sweethearts. Now, that was back in the day when the school was just one room. It was just a one-room white building, didn't have all of what we have today. And, and so they would go, you know, all the different kids, the different ages would come to one room. And, and he said that he and his wife, uh, got sweet on each other, became really serious sweethearts. And he said uh, that Mrs. Smith was a, she was a good student, A student. She was a good student, always behaved. Uh, she was a pet of the teacher. And, uh, but Dr. Smith said, I was not. I was not, a, I was not a good student. And he said, very often, he said, I would have to stay after class. He said, the teacher would make me stay after school and I would have to, you know, clean the blackboard or I would have to do extra work and, and, uh, and uh, they would, he would make, the teacher would make me stay. And he said, my sweetheart that came to be his wife, he said, my sweetheart would come and she would say, Jay Harold, she said, I know you can't go with me right now. But she said, honey, she said, I'll wait for you just outside the gate. And she said, when you get out of school, I'll wait for you by the gate. And she said, you can carry my books and we'll walk the rest of the way home together. As fate would have it, Mrs. Smith went before Dr. Smith. She was on her deathbed and Dr. J. Harold Smith was there by the bedside and she was getting ready to make the crossing. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, man, I'm about to... And she was getting ready to go. And just in, her, just in her last few breaths, she said this, Jay Harold, I know you can't go right now. But she said, honey, I'll wait for you just inside the gate. And she said, when you get there, we'll walk the rest of the way home together. Man, I thought about that story this week, and I'm telling you, I 
about had a Baptocostal spell in the study at my house. Can you imagine? Yes. Can you imagine all those saints that are waiting by the gates of glory? They preceded us. They went before us. I'm talking about folks that loved Christ. Folks that had a, had a, a, a genuine salvation that loved the Lord and loved his church. And for some reason, I don't understand all of it, but for some reason, God called them home and, and they went on before us. But I'm telling you, my dear friend, oh yes, good neighbor, there's coming a day when that door is opened up. I believe we're gonna hear before we ever see that when we finally get into that glorious place, we're gonna be that be in that throne. But oh, listen to me, when we get past that throne, I'm telling you, you talk about a glad reunion day. You talk about a family reunions of all family reunions you talk about you talk about peace and joy and happiness and satisfaction I'm telling you it's gonna be something else man I wish I had a voice to sing it if I did I'd say it like this we read of a place that's called heaven it's made for the pure and the free. These truths in God's word he hath given. How beautiful heaven must be. Man, I'm telling you, this series makes me want to go. Do you know you're going? Are you ready? Are you ready to pass by that throne? I believe that like John, I believe that'll be one of the first things we'll see is the throne of God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, thank you for having John write in your book about this place called heaven. Thank you for even giving us an idea of what the preview is going to be like. God, I don't know that I'm accurate on all this, but it at least looks like before we ever walk through the gate, we're here. We'll have new glorified ears, and we'll hear what's going on in the city before we ever get in. And I just have to believe this, that when we hear what we'll hear, it'll make us want to get into the city that much faster. In fact, Lord, I really do believe this. I believe that one of these days when we get in heaven, I believe we're going we're gonna to wish we hadn't placed so much importance upon this life. I believe, Heavenly Father, that we're going to get there and we're going to say, if I'd known, that heaven was going to be this great. Well, I'd have wanted to come a lot sooner. But there's a throne. Father, we're going to see the throne first and foremost. We'll see your majesty, your mastery. Lord, I believe that we'll be at that judgment seat. But oh, Lord, when we get past the throne, what a reunion there's going to be. Lord, I'm so thankful that 
for those of our church family right now that have an empty place in their heart, would you remind them that thank God because of a so great salvation, it's not a forever farewell. It's just a temporary parting. And it looks like it's gonna be much sooner than later. Father, I pray tonight that you'll help heaven to get very real to us. I feel sure that most of us have somebody that's lost. We have a family member, loved one, coworker, neighbor, maybe a child, maybe a parent, grandparent, somebody that doesn't know they're on their way to that wonderful place. God, would you give us a burden? God, would you give me a burden? And help us to be in the business of winning souls to Jesus Christ. Have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. If you can honestly say that between you and Christ, would you just slip your hand up as a testimony to that? That's wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. Is there one here anywhere tonight? And you'd say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I'd be ready to stand before the throne. Pastor, I don't know that I'd be ready. And I want you to pray for me. I've, I've got to get ready. I want you to pray for me. Without anybody looking, without anybody looking right now, you'd slip your hand up and say, Preacher, remember me. Remember me. I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Raise your hand. Let me pray for you tonight. Is there one? Anywhere? I see a hand. Is there another? Is there another? Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there another? Anywhere? Anywhere? How many are here tonight? You'd say, Preacher, I, I, I know somebody. I've, I've got a loved one. They're about as lost as lost can be. I mean, I'm pretty sure if they died tonight, I'm, I'm pretty sure, preacher, there'd be no hope of them going to this place. Would you, would you help me pray for them tonight? You just slip your hand up and say, preacher, I know someone. I've got someone on my heart tonight. Their face is in my mind. I'm thinking of somebody tonight that needs Christ. They need the Lord. Boy, a lot of hands, a lot of hands all over the house tonight. Hey, Calvary, let's do business with the Lord. Would you stand with us all over the house this evening? We're going to pray. I'm going to make my way to the front just for a moment. And if you've got a need, if you've got a need tonight, I'm going to ask you to step out and come. And we want to take the Bible and try to help you tonight or pray with you about any need that you might have. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven. I am not sure. I'm sure I want to go, but I'm not sure of heaven. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? That's, that's right. That's a good sign right there. Satan, doesn't, he doesn't listen. He hates everything that goes on in this place. He wants you distracted. He doesn't want you to be thinking about the things of the Lord. If God's speaking to your heart tonight, you come. Father, have your way in this invitation. Lord, I pray that you deal with hearts tonight. And I pray we do business with God. So, Lord, have your way now, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You come while we wait tonight.
with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight and some folks are getting some help. Oh, it's been a great day. We're going to be done here in just a minute, but maybe there's uh, one more that needs to come. If you've got a need tonight, would you slip out? Would you slip out and come? And we'll be here to help you tonight. If we're busy, one of our personal workers will slip down here. Would you come while we wait? If there's a need that you have, if you're watching by way of live stream tonight, we're so thankful to have you viewing. There's a number on the bottom of your screen, 704-327-5662. If you have any kind of a need tonight and you need some help, would you call that number? And we have some folks that are waiting by the phone right now. They want to take your call. So right now, just dial that number, 704-327-5662. Father, I pray that you're working hearts. Lord, it's been good to see movement today. And I guess, Lord, we don't have to have movement to have a good, good day and a good service. But it has been good to see a lot of tender hearts today. God, thank you for reminding us of how wonderful, wonderful heaven's going to be. Lord, maybe there's someone else here tonight that needs to make a move for God. Maybe someone needs to rededicate rededicate their life to Christ or someone needs to come and make themselves a candidate for baptism or someone needs to join the church. It could be many things. Father, I pray you'd help them to come tonight. Have your way in the invitation, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed just for another minute. We're going to sing here in just a moment. All right, if you need to come. Would you come? I'm going to make my way to the main floor one one more time. If you need to come, we're here for you tonight.
Amen, Calvary. Wow, God is good. Hey, can we sing this song like we've never sang it before? Let's sing it. Ready? Jesus is the sweetest thing I tell you about some decisions tonight. Amen. Tyler Stallings comes tonight, and Tyler was really dealing with a lot of doubts and things, and so uh, I'm going by his testimony, what he told me tonight. Uh, Tyler came to the Lord in faith tonight. He gave his heart to Christ tonight. He believes, he believes that God saved him tonight, and God has been dealing with his heart. In fact, last week he came and talked to me a little bit. And it, 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 it appeared that the Lord was dealing some. And so tonight he got it sealed, settled tonight. And if you rejoice with Tyler, say amen. Amen. Amen, Tyler. Love you, buddy. Appreciate that. That's a great, that's a great decision. That's wonderful. And then Brother Atley and uh, Miss Carla. Y'all could come on up here just a minute if you will. And uh, and Tyler and Brother Looney, y'all stand up here in the front too so they can see Tyler. And Brother Looney, will you come up here and stand with him, buddy? Stand beside him. Tyler, we're proud of your decision tonight, buddy. That's great. And, of course, uh, most of you know Brother Atley. Brother Atley's been coming now for a little while. And this is Miss Carla, of course, his niece. And, uh, and so tonight before the service, they came to me and they said, Preacher, can we meet with you for a little bit? And I said, yeah. And so they came in the study, and uh, both of them want to join the church. Amen. Both have been saved. Amen. And both have been baptized, and, uh, and they love Calvary, and Calvary loves them. Amen. And we couldn't be more excited about what the Lord's doing in their life. And uh, it's just a blessing. You can't see it. But it's a blessing when you stand up here to see folks that are engaged. Amen, Brother Brandon. I see Brother Brandon back there saying, amen, preacher. It's a blessing when you're up here to see people that are engaged in the service. And I can see Brother Atley back there sometimes. He is engaged in the service. And it, 
and it roots me on, you know, it, I, and I can tell God's ministering, you know, and, and Miss Carla as well, and, and we just appreciate, appreciate both of them. And so do I hear a motion tonight that we receive them? All right, Brother Rodney, <laughs> Brother Mike, you're going to second that motion tonight. And all in favor of that, say amen. amen. All right. And so I'm going to be the first to give them the right hand of fellowship. Carla, bless you. Appreciate you, buddy. Love you too, buddy. Amen. Amen. Tyler, I'm proud of you, buddy. That's wonderful, buddy. Amen. Amen. So listen, here's what I want you to do. After the service, I want you to find these folks and love on them a little bit and just uh, welcome them. And Calvary, let's go out and get some more. I can promise you this, we don't, we, we don't do everything perfect at Calvary. There's no doubt about that. But I can promise you this, this world needs desperately what we're getting here. They need to feel. Did you know there are some people that have went to church their entire life, they've never felt the spirit like we felt tonight? And so God's so good. Let's go get somebody else and get them to the house of God. Listen, be blessed. Hope you have a great week this week. And we'll look forward to seeing you. Look forward to seeing you this coming Wednesday night. Um, don't forget choir practice on Tuesday and then also if you're going to the class we'll leave here at 545 on Tuesday Tuesday evening Brother Mike Hersey Brother Mike would you come tonight and uh, hate to make you walk up those steps brother but would you walk up the steps <laughs> and pray for us tonight if you will and that'd be great amen we love you have a great night Brother Mike you pray for us let us pray Heavenly Father we can't thank you enough for the blessings that you provide for these people that have accepted you, that have accepted this church, that have accepted these people in this church. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Follow us throughout this week. We'll try our best to glorify you and praise you. Forgive us for our sins. All this we ask in the name of Yeshua, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We consider it an honor to serve you. And our prayer is that the service was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you were impacted today by the preaching of God's word, we encourage you to respond. If we can pray with you, or if you would like to make a decision today for Christ, please call us here at 704-327-5662. We have people waiting right now on the lines prepared to help you. Again, Thank you for joining us today, and we hope to welcome you again soon. Have a wonderful week.